Now to pull on the headphones and see how it sounds. So let me ask you, is all of that... It made me want to hit my head on something hard. Welcome to the December 6, 2021 edition of the Adventures in Odyssey Scoopcast, your source for the latest in Adventures in Odyssey reviews, always in podcast form. For those who don't have time to read, I'm your host, Michael LaFever. Let's get started. So you might be wondering why I'm talking so fast and why I'm talking so fast, because I don't really want to talk about the review that we're about to do, but we have to do it. So here's the introduction to our review for episode 922. That's, I mean, 922. The t- <coughs> Excuse- <coughs> Pardon me. Hold on, hold on a second. I'll, I'll be back. Today we are reviewing The Team, which is episode 922 of Adventures in Odyssey, written and directed by Phil Lawler, and sound design is by Luke No, with music by John Campbell. How's it going, guys? Um, uh, I will stay, my voice will stay at this volume. I will not raise my voice during this <laughs> review, hopefully. That's probably not going to happen. Let's talk about... when you. When you have that lower voice, you sound a little bit like Maury. <laughs> a little no, bit. No, no, please. That's the, after this episode. I I am not kidding. I never want to hear the voice of Maury Rydell ever again in my life. I am not kidding <laughs> that, at all. You know, I do not blame you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, this episode exists, and we it exists, and because it because we because Odyssey exists, and because Odyssey like because we're covering Odyssey episodes. I think it'd be a bigger insult to this episode not to cover it and to pretend it doesn't exist than <laughs> than to cover it. Clearly. So So let's do that. Timmy, would you like to go first? Thank you yeah, for listening okay. to the Odyssey Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for now. <laughs> Bye. I wish we could do that. <laughs> okay, okay, so I was trying to think about how I could put this this show in the in the best light possible. Because uh-huh. here's here here's what I came to. Yeah. What if this were a cartoon on PBS. Like Arthur okay. or something? Yeah, yeah, like Arthur or something. It didn't have to have a moral, but all it had to do was be a funny kid show that kept you listening and wanting to know what happens next. Then in I, that okay. situation, in that situation, I think this would be a good show. Because it would divorcing be bad. It, divor- because every <laughs> episode of that show it, would be bad then. Well, if you divorce it from the fact that the show should have a moral and divorce it from the fact that we have 921 episodes of odyssey that have come before it and just stuck it in the middle of some random pbs kids show that has like a secular morally relevant whatever that word is yeah Uh, relativistic yes then it could live in that world and i could watch it and say wow i don't like this thing but it was really written well (laughs) and done well (laughs) Um, I don't think so because I don't think it was written well. I don't think it was done well. I have 43 points of reality checks in my notes. And I think maybe, maybe only 10 or 12 of those are connected to the moral and, and the characters. Break break that down. What is, what do you mean by reality check? By reality check, I mean, this is a plot hole or an inconsistency or something within the episode or something this character wouldn't do this, or I have to suspend my disbelief or you're forcing (laughs) me to think this way. I think, yeah, suspension of disbelief. The episode thinks that I'm dumb. I have, I don't know how else to put it. The episode thinks I'm stupid and I can't, I don't understand. (laughs) Really, so I really, I'm really interested to hear like what those are, like even just a few examples. Uh, Yeah, because I listened to, I listened to it, and 
I actually hate to say this, but I enjoyed mm. it, I think, more than my first listen through, for sure. Yes. Um, it wasn't as okay. bad as I remembered it. Okay. Because I, I went line by line, and, like, every time so, every time Mori opens his little mouth, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, like, waiting for it to be terrible. And most of the time, it was. Mm-hmm. But I started focusing on, okay, Mori, given his history, is clearly not the moral, the, the, the thing to look to for moral guidance by any right. stretch. And so right. I don't feel like I, I had to tell myself, okay, anything Maury says is not necessarily what the episode is telling me because Maury does not have the trust of the audience. I think we True. can all agree that. No. That nobody goes right. into this like, oh, yeah, Maury's a good person. I Maury <laughs> has never done anything questionable in his life. Uh, yes. And so I, and so I don't, I I don't agree with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't okay. agree that the audience doesn't come into that because this episode is saying the audience should come into the episode thinking that. Because Why? guess who learns the moral? Emily. She shouldn't have been, have been mistrusting of Maury. Yes. Well, yes, no, well, hold on. I don't think that's actually the moral. Okay, go the on, moral, go the, on the moral isn't The moral at the end isn't to trust Maury because right. he never says that. In fact, it's it's sort of the one thing that I didn't like about what Mr. Jones says. Uh, I wrote it down. That so he goes, uh, or she she says, I don't trust Mori and Suzu, and he says, understandable. So he never says you should trust them. You should yes, uh, you should trust them more. What he does say is maybe that's why they need you to lead them. Oh, is yeah. sort of sort of they are untrustworthy. So if you thus, lead them, maybe they'll become more trustworthy. Right, which is still dumb. He doesn't like, right. just I, say I, that. I disagree with it fundamentally because, like, I was screaming in my head, like, no, that is the opposite of understanding. And I was screaming you don't out understand. loud. I was actually you screaming don't out loud, no, at that point. But, <laughs> my wife Ryan, and I were both doing that on our Ryan, drive home last night. But, Ryan, here's, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I don't want to cut you off, but that's not the only thing he says. Yeah. It would have been one thing if that was it. But no. right after that, he says, that's why they need you to be their friends. That involves exactly. trust. Well, yes, that's what I w- that was what I was saying. Like what I wrote down after that Ugh. was okay. Mister Jones is right and wrong. He's right in that they need someone who is a good influence, or else they're probably not going to be good. Right. He is wrong to say that Emily thus needs to be that influence because mm. that's not what God calls us to do, is to just be good influences to people who are untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Rather, right. what I'd say he calls us to do is to just be our best selves to, well, not even our best selves, but who God can make us be through mm-hmm. his spirit. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, sometimes that means setting boundaries, because if you don't set boundaries, then what you end up with is you're being taken advantage of by everybody and then you're not able to direct your efforts. It's not it's not good stewardship to have no boundaries in your relationships because exactly. when you don't, when you don't have those boundaries, then okay, this person over here is untrustworthy and breaking confidence and ultimately possibly even corrupting your good intentions. So if you're going if someone's genuine and they're like, "Oh yeah, I I I'm going to repent of the things I did." please give me another chance, then that's an opportunity to exercise grace, but not necessarily at the expense of trust. That's something that people have to earn. 
Right. right. And they have Nat. They have Nat. What they need is somebody right. like Wit or Eugene or, you know, somebody who's morally sound, <clears throat> usually except for that one episode, um, <laughs> this one to episode. guide them and to help them to be able to figure out how to wrestle between right and wrong. Not Emily. <laughs> right. You know, I don't – I'm wondering if we're coming from some perspective here that – there is a standard of, of morality that we've known in Odyssey and that we just know ourselves. Like the suspension mm-hmm. of disbelief that I talked about. This no mm-hmm. characters, not even Emily, are abiding by this standard. Nobody acts nobody acts rationally at all in this episode at any point in time. And Except I will, maybe the principal. No, no, not even him. Not even him. <laughs> not even him? No, not cool. even him. Not even him. And, and what's and so what's going on here is that when we get to the end and Simon is giving this advice to Emily and he says understandable and I'm trying to think, well, what are the good things that happened? What are, what are the, the not good things? This episode in putting this in such a weird reality is breaking its own rules left and right. And there are so many inconsistencies with that that I don't even know. What it's trying to say is the moral statement. And all I come down to is the one person who has been the protagonist of this whole thing, and that's Maury. And you know what Maury wants is he wants Emily to trust him and wants Emily to go along with what he's saying. And Simon wants Emily to go along with what Maury was saying they should do and Maury's whole plan. Simon doesn't have a problem with that, you know? I don't know about that. I don't think that Maury is... I don't don't think that Maury is being set up as a protagonist. I think that... All oh, along, yeah, I wish he, he was like everything that everything that he says is said still in a semi dubious way. Like, right. here's an example at the beginning. Oh, he's wait. like talking about the team, and he's saying, "Well, uh, we thought we'd use our mm, special skills." And Suzu's like, "I we mean the computer savvy and the mechanical, but it's clearly not because he wants to hack the computer later." Oh, Ryan, you terrible right. person! You're just judging Mori. For what he's saying, aren't you? You don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> oh, that is a direct quote channeling from Phil. Your, channeling your inner Phil Lawler, I see. <laughs> because this episode was released after that interview, after that review. Yes. You don't know yes. what Maury's saying. He is benign. He is not malicious at all. And the previous episodes should have I, proved I, that to you. Yeah, and I, I get it. Like, that was a really awful interview. <laughs> yeah. But, but ultimately, I don't even know what Phil was go- was trying to get at because I feel like maybe he was trying to say something specific but maybe he was just playing with us because I feel like ultimately you get into an interview where people are trying to tell you like hey here's where the direction of your show should go and maybe you know maybe you don't and maybe you just want to throw people off and I don't know I can't necessarily judge what Phil's secret intentions were because he didn't say anything that's the point. Truly. And that and that's what makes it difficult is it's like no one wants to have a conversation with someone who won't say anything. But <laughs> ultimately, as I just judge this, not by what Phil has said in the past or anything like that, just by what I'm observing of Mori. Mori is still dubious. Suzu talks about building uh, battle droids for an army sometime. And that's just creepy. But mm-hmm. yeah. Ultimately, I hear these things and I don't think, okay, yeah, these kids have turned over a new leaf. And at the end, when Emily says, I don't trust them, and Mr. Uh, Jones says, understandable, that by itself was enough for me to be like, okay, cool. So the episode is not saying you should trust them. 
what is the episode trying to say? And ultimately, I think that the moral of the story is supposed to be something akin to when you have leadership abilities, sometimes you should use those to lead even people that you don't like if it will present a better outcome than if you didn't. And that's not the worst moral in history. I still disagree with it fundamentally. But ultimately, it's not trust Mori and Suzu so much as it is suspend your distrust so that you can present a good outcome and bear fruit of leadership. And And I mean, it was like, yeah, wasn't the original goal of introducing Mori as a character was to have an ant- a child antagonist for wit. I remember this in some sort of interview or something um, back, and it could have been the official podcast. I don't remember what it was, but I just remember them saying, you know, we've had Blacker, we'd ha- we've had uh, Margaret Fay, we've had Novacom, we've had all these random adults. What if we had an antagonist for wit that was a kid? And yeah. that was sort of the way that they were getting at it from. And so I feel like while some people may view and they have not been careful to not make Mori somebody who should be looked up to. There's that in the back of my head. I'm thinking if this is a major story arc and they're still going to play this, this has to go wrong at some point because they introduced him as an antagonist. So he's going to turn his, they're going to figure out his motives at some point. It's just kind of like, so with Novacom, we like the first episode, we didn't know how bad Novacom would be. Tom had no clue. And then we get to know and they're already stuck in something by a poor decision. Unfortunately, with this saga, we already know that Mori is terrible before we even get to it. And now they're starting to trust him. And it's just not working because we have too much background information. Right, right. And the the weird thing is that this episode is not portraying Mori as the antagonist no matter how many no like, it just like i mean maybe i'm just coming from my my talks with phil and him thinking well you you're misjudging him that way but Mori here it seems like the uh, ryan if i can go back to what you were saying have i have a two-pronged sure. response to that one is simon's understandable in the context of this episode seems more like that's understandable you would think that way because that's your human nature. But I hope you would move on to that and eventually trust them and lead them and be their friends. That's what I think is understandable is talking about. Not validating her feelings in that they're good, but validating her feelings in that they're bad. And the second the second thing, what, what was the other thing you mentioned? You, you were saying it was, it was that... Uh, the leadership thing? Right. I don't think that it was good. I don't think that helping Cooper was the right decision. No. Not at oh, all. No. And I don't think that leading them helping. wasn't that what? good. I think she was just enabling Mori and Suzu and Cooper to do a terrible, stupid thing that they did. Right. That didn't even fix the and problem. I, Seymour's not been stopped. I completely stopped. agree. Yeah. I so, completely yeah. agree with I don't, that. I don't and think it's, that, it's more yeah. about me. It's more about me focusing what I'm upset with in this episode rather than hearing several things that I that I have like this visceral reaction to. But, like, I want to focus and be like, okay, is the episode actually telling me to trust them? Not necessarily. It's more talking about the leadership, so I shouldn't have a visceral trust reaction. I should have a visceral leadership reaction. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that looks like. But here's the, here's the worst thing here, though, is that this episode, after this episode, there are no characters left in Odyssey who are pushing back against Mori. We mentioned at the end of the last review, Timmy, you mentioned that it's good that Emily's emotions are being expressed well. And that mm-hmm. she is still opposed to this, even though it may be that the characters around her aren't necessarily. And that Maury seems to be pay- seems to be being portrayed in the episode as a force of good, perhaps. Or as, a, I don't know, as even though he's a manipulator, he's doing good things. But 
I said I didn't think that Emily's worries or Emily's problems with them were expressed well enough. Well, at the beginning of this episode, they are. Because she mentions mm-hmm. friends don't make other friends think they're going to die. That is a right. direct quote from mm-hmm. my interview with Phil. And I don't know if it was a quote because it was a quote this episode because we mentioned it or we mentioned it because it was a quote later. I don't know. But that specific problem has now been completely glossed over by the end of the episode. Did we get a resolve for that? No. Yes. No, no way. <laughs> right. And so now me as the audience, I could have stuck with Emily last episode thinking, yes, you're right. That's great. Now she's lost. Now there is there are zero know. people. I don't know. She, I, like, maybe I'm just overly hopeful, but I do feel like there's room for Emily to still be upset with them because she says, I still don't trust them. And even though her, her dad is like, that's right, but maybe that's a reason they need you. That doesn't mean she trusts them. That doesn't mean she's going to go, oh, well, now I trust them, dad. Right? So why does so she turn she's still, to wit? She turns, well, so that's a good question. And I think that that could have plenty of outcomes. I don't think she's necessarily calling wit to say, hey, you know, you were right about everything. I think she's calling wit to say, yo, I have animosity towards you because mm-hmm. of how you handled things. And I really don't appreciate it. And I'm trying to work out these things. And I'd really appre- appreciate it if you would humble yourself and apologize. Then why would <laughs> she that's even... how that conversation goes? Maybe she's Maybe. like, I want to I wanna have a long talk with, and he's like, you know, I realized that I actually had some pretty poor theology in that previous episode, and then all this stuff with Olivia happened, and I found my inner self again, so I'm sorry. <laughs> and maybe that's not going to happen. Like, maybe I, I I will grant I'm being overly hopeful here. Yeah, but so, so question about that. How? Why would she be calling him to say, hey, we need to talk about all the bad stuff you did right after she says, I'm going to commit to joining this team? If he said, based on the outcome of this conversation, Did I feel like that? her. Yes, she says, before I commit, there's one thing I have to do. There's something I still something yeah. I need to do. Hello, Mr. Whitaker. It's Emily. Can we talk? That conversation seems like the outcome of this will dictate whether or not she joins. If she were calling him to say, hey, you did some terrible things, then that's not going to be an out, a, a conversation, any outcome of which she joins the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like that conversation yeah. will be either, either Wit's going to say, well, yes, I think this is a great idea for you to demonstrate your leadership and blah, blah, blah. Or he's going to say, which I doubt it, but, or he could say something like, well, I kind of backtrack on what Mori and Suzu told her about what he said and say, well, they weren't telling you the whole thing. I think you should take this cautiously or whatever. That probably won't happen. But I feel like her call to him is going to be, like you said, Michael, it's, it's going to be about, can I trust them? And Whit will say yes or no. And he'll probably say something in the middle, but... Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's because not only does this episode exist within the continuity of the, other, of the others, but this episode exists within its own continuity. And when you set mm-hmm. up at the beginning of the episode, Emily's lines about her friend, friends don't make friends think they're going to die. That doesn't fit at all with the ending and with the oh. sudden turn. Emily has had no emotional development throughout this episode. She has had a little bit of plot, but that's about mm-hmm. it. And now to f- try to fit in at the end saying, hey, you had development. You were a leader. Simon mentions maybe five or six times that she was a leader. That doesn't make her one. You didn't give any evidence of that. And Emily's ke- keeping on pushing back. But Simon's like, no, that's being a leader. And guess what? We're going to change subjects and talk about something else. That doesn't prove it. <laughs> that's why this episode yeah. feels so insulting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you mind if I tell you why I don't like this episode? Go for it. (laughs) Because I feel like you and Ryan, like, have two things that I agree with. Yeah. But the main thing that gets me about that this episode is neither of these. Okay. What is it then? It's a third problem. Is it Um, Cooper's timeline? It's Cooper's. It's Cooper's thing. Okay. Because, and the Uh the constant mention throughout the whole episode about helping Cooper. Uh Uh-huh. The whole thing is about doing that. Everyone's, Emily's like, hey, we're helping Cooper. Maury and Susan are like, yeah, we're helping Cooper. Emily's dad is like, yeah, you helped Cooper. But the fact is, they herded Cooper. Preach, brother! In a big way. Yeah, preach it! Because, okay, <laughs> like, they made this worse. They made it possible for Cooper to hide his mistake from his parents and everyone else. Essentially, they showed him how to clear his history on the internet browser, and now he doesn't have to, now no one has to know. Emily gives him a lame, like, yeah, Cooper, this is the thing you can do for me. Go talk to your parents. Is he going to do that? Psh, probably not. He's a teenager. We've all been teenagers. We Honestly, know that, that that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been the solution at the beginning. Talk to your parents. Then they'll have exactly. no blackmail. And, like, the only thing that wouldn't have solved is, like, colleges being judgmental about receiving that information. Why doesn't yeah, he just proactively it, reach out to the colleges and tell them right? what happened? How does Seymour even know what the colleges are? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah going, exactly. Sorry. But I feel like my, my yeah, th- th- this, this problem is that this creates a situation where Cooper is going to do this again. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, oh man, last time I made a mistake, I was somewhere I shouldn't have been. Um, and uh, the best way to solve it was to get rid of the evidence. And I, we did that by hacking into a principal's computer or putting a jump drive into it same difference like i don't i don't see that as any different than hacking. <laughs> no 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 software mm-hmm. hacking only hardware hacking yep emily right, sets an right. arbitrary line that's like oh the fans aren't going to be upset if we do this they were upset when we locked him in the escape room well they won't have a problem with this yeah we'll have a problem with that Stop huge it. problem huge problem and, and, and emily's dad praises her he praises her for distracting the principal to keep him out of his office to see what they were doing what kind of a parent is this mm. like i don't understand what is happening to this so i'm i'm trying to be you know somewhat positive but we yeah. have two big issues here cooper is going down a hole of covering his sin and hiding it and doesn't get to actually face his issues emily is being praised or i should say the kids the 9 to 12 year olds at home are are learning that as long as they don't break a rule that's specifically outlined then it's okay to do that, including breaking into a principal's computer and distracting him. And my parents will will say, good job. You did a great yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. End of story. Terrible episode. <laughs> it's like completely devoid of any sense of ethics because yes. you, like, yep. when it comes to ethical dilemmas, they're not the same as moral dilemmas. It's not like, oh, do I lie? It's do I say something that's sort of not true, but kind of is true? Just so that I can get what I want, even though it's not fair or something I would want done to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like that's the dilemma that is in this episode over and over. Like, okay, well, tapping into the principal's computer and putting up a fake firewall isn't doing anything against the principal, technically. Like, he's not going to... We're not accessing any student records. We're not doing anything other than essentially... Someone says, hey, you need to have a meeting at this location with somebody. And so you put up a picture in front of the window that makes it look like you're in in that meeting, Mm -hmm, but you're not. mm -hmm. 
It is like, okay, we put up a fake firewall. It's lying firewall, to Seymour. Whatever it is. It's it's lying to Seymour. Yes. And Seymour is, you know, a bad guy. And in the past, they have done dubious, like even in Novacom, there's points mm-hmm. where it's like, Wit, shouldn't you have a warrant to open this shed? And he's like, yeah, I'll get it <laughs> later. And that's one problem I've that's always had. That's funny. With, that's one. Th- yeah, it's funny. But it's still like, well, actually, no. What is breaking the law here? Technically, it's private property. Yeah. Or rather, it's it's rented property. Well, actually, it's not even on Tom's land anymore because this is a right. second location. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, so it's okay to break the rules. It's okay to do things that are ethically questionable or even just downright wrong if you're a Christian, so long as you're fighting a bigger villain, right? I don't even no. want to rope that. I don't even want to rope Novacom in because there's a. a a fan I met here at Liberty who I've been talking to about Odyssey and one comment that she had was like, oh, so I see that Wit's been acting this way for a couple albums now. And I'm like, I don't want to bring in all the past episodes into this discussion. Like, it, it, I can understand the ethical gray areas in those episodes to a certain extent, but I think that this is on an entirely different level here. You know what and I mean? it's like in those episodes, yeah. it's an emergency. I can give it a pass because sure. it's an emergency. The entirety of humanity will be enslaved if you don't do this. Right. Okay. Right. You make that call. Sure. Go, go for it, Wit. We'll have a good outcome, and everyone can pray at the end of exit, and it's all good. Uh, and also, here, but... here's a here's the thing. Uh, like breaking and entering may be legally wrong. Is it morally wrong in that instance? Ethically wrong in that instance? It's it's someone's property. Technically, it's stealing. Okay. Fair. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> True, but I mean, these are the ethical questions that millstones, right? These are ethical questions to wrestle Don't you with. Dare but I feel them? like. Okay. Sorry, keep I, going, I, keep going. Un- Sorry. Sorry. I unmentioned it. You're fine, you're fine. <laughs> but I just don't... This episode leaves me with the worst taste because no one acts ethically. There's no excuses for it. Just a half-baked excuse of, Cooper, talk to your parents, okay? Yeah. And Emily's mm-hmm. father saying, well, <laughs> don't you think you should have talked to the principal about it? Emily is smart. And if we're to believe the context, even the beginning of this episode with Mori and Suzu telling Emily, you're so smart. Don't you want to join our team? And then Emily saying at the beginning, at the end, well, maybe I should have thought through that plan a little bit better. That's plan 101. She was mm-hmm. pushing back so hard against, no, we're not breaking this line. This line is there because Phil Aller said it there. But I can go around the line. And at the end of the episode, exactly. oh, right. That line was just there arbitrarily. Oh, too bad. Uh, that's not Good how job. people, that is not how people think. Not at all. And ultimately, it's the same thinking as um, Rydell Part 3. Yes! Rydell, yes. it's like, maybe I should have stepped in sooner. And it's like, okay, you can't just paint over plot holes by saying, well, maybe we should have done this. And with Maury and Susie at the end of <laughs> Rydell Part 3, or Revelations Part 3, they say, we made sure we didn't break any laws. Emily, in this episode... We made sure we didn't break any laws. Yeah. It's the same thing. Is that, she's is, already is, gone. That's why I'm saying she's not pushing back. Are we she's just now? playing his game. <laughs> and so what's I have a question here? for you guys. Yes. I have a question for you guys. Would it fix it if all of, like, I know it wouldn't fix the individual episodes because episodes have to stand on their own. But right, right. if we got to the end of this and it turns out it's all been an inspiration station adventure about relative truth. Absolutely. <laughs> Because then we finally get a stance from that episode, these things were wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
please, I need this. Yeah. I, I, I would, at some point, I, I was like, no, please don't make these all, but, you know, but imagination this station. Is, but by now, anything to get rid of this story. But this is, this is the hard part of, of all this. And maybe I'll just leave my thoughts here. This is the hard <laughs> thing because not only is it not that, but we're starting to see Mori and Suzu branch out into the other characters in Odyssey. Bringing into this episode mm-hmm. Cooper and Simon. Cooper, who's a great guy, is all of a sudden doing these weird stuff with these kids who he didn't even want to hang out with in the first place. And then they're uh, manipulating him. Hey, you were so good. You should join us. Oh, maybe I should. Oh, why doesn't Emily want to join the team? Emily goes back home. She can't even get away from Maury at home. Her father is playing Maury's game. And he has and been see, playing I like, it ever since. I like since. the Calhouns. Yeah. yeah. And see, like, I, li- I love the Calhouns. They're a great family in Odyssey. And I, like, I enjoy their episodes. And it's... Really, it's just they're a, they're a refreshing family. They're just normal. They're not going through anything massive. They're just kind of like the Barclays, and mm-hmm. things happen, and they deal with it, and then they're back at a grounded sense of yeah, we're just a family, and it's like that's what that's my comfort. That's my comfort food. Honestly, comfort food. It's my comfort food. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's like I love that family. Don't mess it up by putting Cooper. Half of the time, he's hanging out with Maury and hacking and things and beating up kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should just leave it like that. Yeah. Did we have anything else to say about um, about this episode? Or do you want to just? Well, let me let me say this here. Ryan and I are planning on reviewing this episode after this recording on AIO Audio News. If you want to hear more of our thoughts on that, I have no idea why you would. But if you want to hear more of that, go over to AIOAudioNews.com. <laughs> if you want to hear the thirty-four. <laughs> the 44 inconsistencies 43 43 oh 43 if you want to f- hear the 43 inconsistencies that uh that Michael found yeah you definitely want to join over us there. over on AIO audio news <laughs> but in the meantime i am i'm ready to f- to wrap this thing up uh, uh you guys ready to finish this thing yeah I hey think, it only goes so. uphill from here okay yeah well, i th- ultimately you guys go first please i would love to I'm going to give this episode because there's two things that I generally look at is one, the moral and two, the plot and whether I enjoyed it. The plot was all right. It was kind of interesting. Ultimately, lots of it didn't make sense. (laughs) And so that definitely makes the plot kind of half-baked in my mind. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the moral is something I just cannot get behind so this is going to be a two out of ten. Two what out of ten do you even want to give it a rating two, <laughs> two <laughs> battle droids that the kleptomaniac definitely should not have <laughs> out of ten all right timmy i yeah so yeah so it yeah, I don't even so, know how to, how to say this just yes this is a christian show it's supposed to have moral values yeah, it was entertaining, but it's something that if I had kids someday, I would not let them listen to this one. Not because it was too scary, <laughs> but because it was morally wrong. Wow. One out of ten confused dads. Wow. There is something I've been trying to say for years and a maxim that I've held to in almost every one of my reviews. There are no bad episodes of Odyssey. <laughs> they, all, like, they all have something good about them. And before this episode, I could say that about every single episode of Odyssey. Even my least favorite, which is Tales of Moderation, still at its root has a decent moral. <laughs> and yet for this one, um, I put this into my objective rubric that I made a while back. And, and yes, there are some redeeming points like the music 
Uh, I'm sorry, not not the not the music. They they knocked out Jared Desquois. Pretty good sound design. Jared, uh, Luke Gano does a good job on the sound design. But because mm-hmm. I think there are, there are parts of this episode that are genuinely bad, in a way that no other episode ever I think has done. Guys, if I were to rate this in terms of uh, zero to ten scoops of ice cream, are we gonna get it? I, I've got an empty cone. This is a zero. First zero out of ten in Odyssey Scoop history, I think. Uh, I don't like that it's here, but it is, and I feel so bad about it. But, mm-hmm. ah. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, the good news is it's all uphill from here. Next time on the Odyssey Scoopcast, we'll be reviewing episode 908 from album 70, The Christmas Bells. But that's a wrap on the Scoopcast for now. If you'd like to talk to us about anything, about this podcast, about the Scoop in general, or about Odyssey, you can find us at four places. One is the Odyssey Scoop website at odysseyscoop.com. Two is the website for the Odyssey Scoopcast, which is going to be odysseyscoopcast.com. You can also go to odysseyscoop.com forum to talk to other Odyssey fans about the show or about this show or about any show. And if you're on Facebook, you can like us and see all of our updates at facebook.com slash odysseyscoop. In the meantime, I'm your host, Michael LaFaver, reminding you to never be without the Odyssey Scoop. Hello, my name is Timmy Bays, and after listening to the team, I feel like I want to hit my head against a large piece of wood. <laughs> As Allie Barrett and I would put it, a two-by-four. Yes, how whatever it is that Wit says at the end of Eggshell. It that's made me how want I to hit my head against something hard and erased all yes. memory of the past two hours. Yes. <laughs> you should just put that at the beginning. <laughs> I will. Like You know the intro when Wit puts his headphones on? Let's see how it sounds. And then he says, <laughs> it made me want to hit my head against something hard. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Is there? I'll do that, absolutely. Is there a soundbite of Wit screaming? <laughs>